My logical brain was off and my emotions were running the show. Soon I had spent more on marketing than I had ever set out in my bare-bones marketing plan. And yet, book sales were few and far in between. Welcome to the Pen Garden, your writing productivity and mental health podcast which will help you build a zen writing routine tailored to your lifestyle. I'm your host, Lainey, a self-published author and an overall anxious mess trying to do a bit better every day. Stick around for the next 10 or so minutes to hear me discuss the emotional place of money in a writing journey. I will touch on investing money in your writing, spending, profits and how they all affect writers' mental health. So grab a drink if you can and relax. This time is for you. This season comes with a few changes to the format of the podcast. The most obvious one, which you have probably clocked if you've been here before, is that there is no overview episode. Instead of having that, I will just summarize briefly the contents of the current season in each episode so you can pick up any episode and know what you want to listen to next. I also have decided to remove the middle break where I was inviting you to check something out and overall interrupting the flow of the topic. Marketers recommend this because listeners apparently stop listening after the main points are said, but to be honest, I don't think it's right for me and the pen garden. I don't really enjoy the breaks as a podcast user and don't want to have one in mine. If you really love those breaks though, let me know. It will be interesting to hear another point of view. And maybe I'll bring them back, but for some reason I doubt that anyone enjoyed them. As I mentioned in the newsletter, I will be using my current experiences more to inform the content of this podcast, so while it will be useful for all kinds of writers still, the focus is going to fall a little bit on novel writers with self-publishing goals and experiences. It's still going to be about mental health, but the examples you'll hear will be often from the specific point of view of a novel writer. If you're not subscribed to the newsletter, go do it now at pengarden.com. It comes out about once a month and is the best place to keep updated on what happens next with the Pen Garden, including the podcast and our better reading program. With that said, let's get into the overview for my fifth season, Learn Love. This can be interpreted in many ways. For example, learn to love your writing journey, learn about yourself as a writer and love whatever you find while learning, love to learn about mental health and writing, and so on. In whatever way you choose to look at it, this season is special for me because it covers all that I have learned during my debut publication journey. It wasn't easy and I ended up discovering a lot of unexpected things about myself. In full honesty, I disliked many of those new discoveries, thinking there's something wrong with me and the way my experience turned out to be. Little by little, I'm trying to be kinder to myself and accept that every journey is unique and positive in its own way. The topics in the following episodes are broadly about first dealing with money as a writer in this episode, how reading changes when you become an author for episode 2, how expected and sometimes unrealistic it is to want writers to juggle 3,000 things at once for episode 3. And finally, for episode 4, I'll discuss why we should return to comforting pieces of fiction when our writer journeys take unexpected turns that we are struggling to process. So without further delay, let's chat about the emotional place of money in a writing journey. Mm-hmm. 
Part 1. True Value I will come out in the beginning of this episode and admit that I don't have the most healthy relationship with money. When growing up, I believed money should be saved and given away only after a long, thorough thought process has occurred. Only after I had estimated the true value that something will bring to my life, could I spend the money on it. That attitude led me to develop a chronic health condition. I was only buying the cheapest food ever in a supermarket. I couldn't justify to myself to pay twice more for seemingly the same product. So my health failed and I took a long, hard look at my relationship with money. I decided I could spend more on more nutritious food. But beyond that, I didn't really change. I was still weighing up every night out, every birthday present, every holiday. And I'm sure you won't be surprised that this attitude transferred to the way I spend money on my writing career. Now, if you have been listening, you would have heard me say I estimate the true value of an item or service. And this is where my thinking actually fails me. Establishing the true value of intangible things is nigh impossible. There are too many moving parts, too many variables. I read extensively, and I read too much stuff before setting out to publish my first book. And I decided that three things had true value for the beginning of my writing journey. An editor, a proofreader, and a hefty marketing budget. I knew I could do the cover myself, as I have design knowledge, and I was fairly confident in doing the formatting too. So in my brain, I was being prudent, as I was only spending on the items that for me had true value. Part 2. What is value for money? But let me move away from my experience for a bit so I can talk about the theory behind estimating value for money. Yes, this is still a podcast about mental health. Bear with me, it will all come together in the end. So researchers argue that the phrase value for money or what I call true value of buying something is a poorly understood concept in practice. There is a lack of clarity in its application, especially in the distinction between value and money when assessing value for money in investment evaluation and decision-making. So they set out to deconstruct value and came up with three components to it. Useful purpose, beneficial outcomes, and important features. The takeaway from this is that something that brings value won't necessarily also bring money. When I was making the investment decisions around my first book, I did them with the wrong idea that value always equals profit. I won't dive too deep into this, but the fact is, profitable enterprises don't only have valuable contributions, they're also good at picking the right time to put them forward and the right way to market them to achieve results. So when I invested a lot of money into an editor and proofreader, I believe that a good book can go unnoticed. Well, let me tell you, it can, and it did. I know my book is good because readers have told me so, but there aren't very many of them. So while I honed my craft and made the story and writing great, I added value to my product, but for now, I didn't bring any money with this value. On the marketing component, everything went wrong. So I tried to invest in whatever authors have said works for them, thus copying steps of their journey and not really embracing mine. Lots of money thrown at Facebook ads, newsletter promotions and review sites later, I realize now that I was throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping something will stick. For now, they have all slid down to the floor, leaving a bright red line of shame on the wall. In a way, I'm back where I started all those years ago, with an unhealthy relationship with money, believing I made stupid investments that will somehow undoubtedly tank my whole dream of being an author. 
Part 3. Investment versus emotional spending. Here you can already tell the emotions are creeping up. It's not about the value anymore. It's about me and my worth. I came across an article about emotional spending and something clicked as I read it. At some point, I had stopped investing and had started buying things to make myself feel better. To believe that I'm a true writer, to believe that I made it, because I'm buying the same things other authors are buying. Successful authors. Somehow my unhealthy relationship with money changed for me, needing to evaluate everything to make sure I was financially stable, to me putting my writing business in a separate brain box and thinking that it's all just justifiable spending, an upfront investment into my future, if you like. A business expense, not an impulse buy. But looking at it from where I stand now, I see those were just labels, and essentially lies. The purchases I was making weren't passing my usual rigorous vetting process. In fact, they were bypassing it altogether. My logical brain was off, and my emotions were running the show. Soon, I had spent more on marketing than I had ever set out in my bare-bones marketing plan. And yet, book sales were few and far in between. That in itself is not an issue. Debut authors are unknown and need to work hard until they start having consistent sales. The issue for me is that the more I spend, the more the gap between my expenses and profits will grow. And it's pretty big now. So when I look at the other debut authors who opted to spend nothing on their first book and are now happily taking every sale as a win, I'm a little envious. Not of their sales, but of their insight. Part 4. Curbing those spending impulses Envy will get me nowhere, however, so I set out to try and fix my emotional connection to money and maybe somehow get to a better place. As any proud millennial would do, I went online and found out that it wasn't just me having trouble curbing my impulses when it comes to buying stuff online, and especially in lockdown. For me, it was book marketing courses and services. For others, it was whatever their passion was. Dr. Brad Klontz, a financial psychologist and certified financial planner, was interviewed on Money.com on the subject of impulse buying and he was clear that nowadays marketing is expertly done to trigger buyers emotionally. So whether it's boredom, insecurity or chasing that nice feeling one gets when they get a present, the current online commerce reality is waiting to catch us out all the time. For me, I now know that it was an unreasonable desire to be like the big authors instead of embracing my writer's journey and realizing I can only be me, now and in the future. I can't be anyone else, so there is no use buying tons of stuff to try and fake it. The true value simply isn't there. So what does money.com recommend then? They have three ideas. Be conscious of your decision-making process. Train your brain to prioritize long-term goals and earn your present-day rewards. Briefly, it's all about analyzing why you're turning to impulse buying and trying to work out the root cause, taking more time to make spending decisions, thus neutralizing a bit of that emotional marketing magic, and finally meeting your saving goals no matter what, and then spending the rest as you see fit by connecting purchases to goals in your life. If you want to read the article for yourself, I highly recommend it. It was really eye-opening for me. There's a link at the end of the notes for this episode on my website. Conclusion Managing money is hard, 
It's especially hard if you're trying to break out in a new field. To start from zero while you're surrounded by success stories and so much marketing is just not possible. While writing this episode, I was returning time and time again to the quote, cream rises to the top. This was my mantra when I invested in making my book better. In many ways, I do believe thanks to that editor feedback, I do have a cream of a book. What I realized just now is that quote, however, is missing a time component. It doesn't say how long it will take for said cream to rise. So when it comes to money, I will return to doing my best to rationally examine each potential spend. Thinking about the value it can bring to my journey and not just think of the monetary return of investment. Or if someone else has vouched for it. It sounds basic, but it's actually a very difficult mind state to maintain. And I'm sure I will get swayed along the way. But when I do, I will return to this episode and listen to my own advice. And that's all I wanted to say today. What is your relationship with money? Does it affect your writing life? Let me know. I'm on Facebook and Twitter, or simply send me an email at lanydelarock at gmail.com. Next Tuesday, I will talk about how reading, an activity I remember loving since being a tiny bean, has changed since I became an author, and I'll discuss all the benefits and pitfalls that came from that. A blog post which summarizes the ideas of this episode is available on my website, thepengarden.com. I have cited all my sources there so you can go on and continue your own research on the topic. If you like this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you can, please leave a short review. It helps more people discover the show. Alternatively, you can just share it with all your writing friends. I will appreciate you forever for it. But if you prefer to lurk, join my newsletter. As I said, it comes out once a month and has some news. And as a bonus, all of them feature a cute animal and a book recommendation to make your writing journey better. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. Hope you have an awesome week and speak to you soon. <laughs>